Hello, welcome back to the Barefoot Books podcast. One should always be polite to mysterious old ladies as they are quite often filled with magic. In this week's story, a wounded soldier's kindness to one such lady may give him the key to solving the mystery of the 12 dancing princesses. After the story, go to barefootbooks.com to find the complete Barefoot Dance Stories collection. The Twelve Dancing Princesses, a story from Germany. Once upon a time, a king had twelve daughters, and each one was more beautiful than the next, the most beautiful being the youngest, They slept all together in one bedroom, their beds side by side. You may think this is odd, but it was a large room. Every night the king locked the door on the outside with twelve locks, and then he bolted it with twelve bolts so that the girls could not get out, nor could anyone else get in. He thought in this way to keep his daughters safe. But every morning, when the king came to unlock and unbolt the door, he saw that the princess's silken shoes were quite worn through, as if the girls had been dancing all night. The king was puzzled by this. Where could the girls have gone dancing? The room was large, but not big enough for dashing about in, and no one had heard any music. Neither the king nor his wisest advisers could figure it out. So when he'd exhausted the greatest minds in his kingdom, the king sent out a proclamation to all the kingdoms for a thousand miles around, saying that whoever could discover where his daughters went to dance all night could choose one of them for his wife and rule after the king's death. Well, you would have thought that hundreds of young men would have been eager to try, but they all read the fine print of the proclamation that said whoever came forward and did not discover the secret within three days and three nights would forfeit his life. So there were not as many volunteers as you might guess. However, there were a few. Within a week, a king's son came forward to try. He was given a huge feast with seasoned meats and white bread and salads. He drank glass after glass of lovely sweet wine that the princesses themselves poured for him. After dinner, he was led to a room that adjoined the princess's chamber, a kind of dressing room. Servants brought in a fine bed for him with a soft mattress and two feather beds to keep him warm. Mind you observe where the girls go, said the king and the prince nodded, trying hard not to yawn in the king's face, for all that feasting had made him sleepy. "'I'll watch all night,' he promised. But no sooner had the king closed the door and locked them all in with the twelve locks and bolts than the prince fell fast asleep. When he woke in the morning, it was clear that the twelve princesses had been off dancing, for their shoes had holes worn right through the silken soles. On the second and third nights, it was just the same, and the poor prince had his head struck off. After that, the executioner was kept busy for every single young man who tried to solve where the princesses went at night, failed, 
and forfeited his life. Now it happened that a poor soldier came walking along the road to the king's castle. He was a hero who'd been wounded in one of the many wars and so had been sent home. Wounded or not, he still walked with a soldier's gait, up and one, up and two. Suddenly he came upon an old woman in the road. And where are you going, my good soldier? she asked. Luckily for him, he was polite. One should always be polite to mysterious old ladies. Quite often they are filled with magic. Grandmother, he said, I hardly know myself. He gave her a drink of water from his flask and a bit of his hard bread. And then he added, almost as a joke, I thought I might try discovering where those twelve beautiful princesses go when they dance their shoes into holes. It would be nice being king. Ha, said the old woman. You're a sensible man, not a whining boy. I like your spirit, courage and honesty. And so I will tell you how to do it. First, you must not drink the wine that the princesses will pour for you. And second, you must pretend to be sound asleep. And third, asked the soldier, for he'd found that instructions in the army came in threes. Third, she told him as she gave him a little cloak. Put on this cloak and you will become invisible. Then you can sneak after the girls and see where they go. Well, the soldier was used to danger and after receiving the cloak and the advice, he knew he was well prepared. So he kissed the old woman on both cheeks and gave her the rest of his water and bread and a bit of cheese he'd been saving for himself. Then he marched, hup and one, hup and two, up to the castle and announced himself. Just like the others, he was given a grand feast. He pretended to drink the wine, but actually he poured it out into the nearest potted plant. Then he was brought into the dressing room. As he was about to climb onto the bed, the eldest sister brought him yet another cup of wine. But being a good soldier, he was prepared and had concealed a sponge under the neck of his nightshirt. He thanked the princess heartily and turned away, pretending to drink the wine down in a single swallow. In reality, he let the wine run down his chin and into the sponge without ever swallowing a drop. Sweet dreams, the princess said to him. And to you, fair one, he answered. Then he lay down and pretended to sleep, snoring so loudly that the princesses all laughed. The eldest said, He's a fine-looking soldier, and all those medals on his chest prove he is a hero. It's too bad that he, too, will have to die. He should have stayed in the army and gone back to war. It would have been safer. They all agreed, and then, without further conversation, they opened their wardrobes and got out their prettiest dresses, which were all the colours of the rainbow, pink and rose, yellow and citrine, lavender, blue, aqua, and deep heavenly green. Suddenly, the youngest said, Sisters, I feel very strange. Do you not feel it too? It is as if misfortune is about to befall us. The eldest sister put her arms around her. Little pretty goose, have you forgotten how many king's sons have already come here in vain? 
A soldier will hardly be able to do what they could not. So then the girls began to preen and look at themselves in the mirrors, pinching their cheeks to bring out the colour, and laughing, even the youngest. But before they left, they went into the dressing room and stood about the soldier's bed to make sure he was fast asleep. He snored even louder than before. The eldest then went over to her bed and clapped three times. Immediately, the bed sank into the earth, with steps running all the way down. One after another, the princesses descended the stairs, the eldest going first. The soldier watched everything through slitted eyes, then quietly got up and put on the cloak, becoming invisible. Then he hurried down, right after the youngest. Halfway, he accidentally stepped on her dress. Terrified, she cried, Sisters, someone is pulling my dress! But when she turned around, no one was there. Little pretty goose, her eldest sister called back. You've only caught your skirt on a nail? Then the princesses continued all the way down, and at the bottom of the steps was a broad avenue lined with towering elm trees with leaves made of pure silver. The soldier thought, I must take a token back with me to prove where I have been. So he broke off a twig from one of the trees, and the sound was as loud as a gunshot. The youngest princess cried out, Sisters, did you hear that crack? But the eldest said, It's only our escorts firing off their rifles with joy because we got rid of our suitors so quickly. All the princesses laughed at that, and the sound was like wind through the silver leaves. Soon the princesses came to an even broader avenue, where the leaves of the trees were all of pure gold, and finally to an avenue where all the leaves were made out of sparkling diamonds. Each time the soldier broke off a twig, hiding it in the inside pocket of his cloak. Each time he did so, the twig made a dreadful crack, and each time she heard the crack, the youngest princess shook with terror but her eldest sister continued to maintain that the cracking sounds were just rifle salutes. At last, the princesses came to a great lake where twelve little boats were anchored. In every boat sat a handsome prince, his hands on the oars, waiting. The princesses each got into a boat, and the soldier sat down by the youngest. The prince said to the youngest princess, How strange! The boat is so much heavier tonight than usual. I shall have to double my strokes to get us across. She answered him, Everything about tonight is strange. And she trembled a bit, as if with the cold. The soldier had to be very careful not to put his arm around her to keep her warm. On the far side of the lake stood a brightly lit castle, and the soldier could hear the sound of violins and violas and deep double basses playing waltz after waltz after waltz. He wanted to tap his foot to the music, but he did not. Each prince took the arm of his princess, helped her from the boat, and led her into the castle, where they danced all night long in the great ballroom. They did the bouncy Rhinelander polka that careened over the floor. They performed the enthusiastic Fingles dance, where the princesses all stamped their feet and scolded their partners with shaking fingers. But best of all, they did the stately and graceful waltz, their belled skirts billowing out as they whirled and twirled across the floor.
The soldier danced too, hidden from sight by his cloak of invisibility. When one of the princesses went to drink wine out of a golden cup set by her side, the soldier drank it up ahead of her. Only the youngest seemed alarmed at this, but the eldest just said, Silly pretty goose, you are ruining our dance. Be silent. So she was. The twelve princesses danced in the magic castle until three o'clock, and their shoes were full of holes. Only then did they stop. The princes rode them back over the lake, and no one seemed to notice the soldier was there. We shall be back tomorrow, the girls promised the princes. But the soldier had already run up the stairs ahead of them, taken off his cloak of invisibility, and lain down in his bed. By the time the twelve princesses came up into the room, he was snoring loudly. The princesses were pleased the soldier was still asleep, though once again the eldest said, Too bad, soldier, you did not stay at your war where it was safe. The next morning, the soldier decided not to say what he'd seen just yet, but to follow the princesses for a second night. Everything happened in the same way, and once again the twelve princesses danced until their shoes were worn through. On the third night, it was exactly as before, with this one exception. The soldier carried off a golden wine cup from the magic castle as a token, instead of the leaves. When, at last, it was time for the soldier to report to the king, he was ready. He took the three twigs and the cup to the throne room and waited until the king was seated with his advisers around him. Now, tell me, soldier, or lose your head, where do my twelve daughters go at night with the door locked and bolted? The soldier took out the twigs and the cup and told the story of what had happened about the doctored wine, the three claps, the long steps, the broad avenues and the tall trees. He told the king about the lake and the little boats, with the princes manning the oars. He told him about the castle lit by candlelight and the musicians playing waltz after waltz after waltz. He was fully aware that all the while he spoke, the twelve princesses were behind a door, listening to every word he said. The king then summoned his daughters around him. Does the soldier speak the truth? What could they say? All the king would have to do was clap his hands above the eldest daughter's bed, and all would be revealed. It is true, father, the eldest princess said. We've been under some strange enchantment, and while I do not know who bewitched us, the soldier has broken it forever. So the king turned back to the soldier. Which princess will you take for a wife? he asked. The soldier looked at all twelve princesses, each one more beautiful than the last. Then he said, I'm no longer young, so give me the eldest. What he didn't add was that he liked her spirit and her courage and her honesty. That, he said privately to her, much later. So the wedding was celebrated that very day, and the princesses all waltzed across the ballroom, none with more happiness than the eldest princess. Many years later, when the king had died, the soldier and the eldest princess ruled well side by side, with spirit, courage, and honesty.
for a long time after. That's all for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Now you can visit barefootbooks.com slash podcast to find special offers, join our email list, and listen to past episodes of the Barefoot Books podcast. See you next week. Bye.